Hello everyone and welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship and building in public. This episode is called The SaaS Market Maturity Paradox. And first, a message from our sponsor. MicroAcquire is the number one startup acquisition marketplace and it's simply the most efficient way to sell a startup when you're ready to make your next move. And this week's story that I want to share with you is about a founder based in Uruguay named Juan Fernando Rivero who sold his microSaaS on MicroAcquire last year. He had the idea to sell his startup for quite a while, but didn't have any clue where to find buyers for a microSaaS business, let alone one based in Latin America. And like many people, he heard of MicroAcquire through Twitter and decided to list on there with pretty low expectations, because it's a new place, you've never done anything like this before. And to his surprise, he received buyer interest just a few days after he went live on the MicroAcquire marketplace, and fast forward two months, and after feeling through you know, six final offers, he found his exit to a group of entrepreneurs based in Dallas, Texas for a quarter of a million dollars. And that is quite substantial. Most founders who have success selling their startup through MicroQuire often share two commonalities. First, they all started out with pretty low expectations, but ended up very impressed by the sheer volume of serious buyer interest that ultimately leads to a sale. And second, most of these startups don't seem to fit into any existing platforms or methods to just list their startup for sale, either because of the size, type of business, or the location of where their business is based. And MicroAcquire was built specifically to help bootstrap startups of all sizes, types, and geographies to find an exit. The buyer community cultivated by MicroAcquire has shown a global appetite for smaller apps and microsas businesses as well as bigger e-commerce and SaaS startups doing millions in revenue. So, hey, if you're remotely thinking about selling your startup, you want to try listing at a microacquire first because it's free, it's easy, and go to microacquire.com to get started. It's a really good idea. Now, let's get started with the SaaS market maturity paradox. SaaS businesses are most impactful in entirely new markets and the markets that they've been serving for a long time. Anywhere in between these two extremes, starting a new SaaS business has the potential to create a product with reduced effectiveness. There's a small improvement trap in every industry that many SaaS businesses and SaaS endeavors fall into. With those businesses, they can still be viable, but they have to struggle more for survival than their early or later counterparts. And this creates an interesting paradox. Until a certain point, new SaaS businesses in a space add marginally less and less utility until the market is sufficiently saturated to then push new businesses to shift their paradigm while adding more and more value until they create so much automation and software as a service products that pop up. And they solve problems in those markets in one particular order. First, when a previously underserved industry becomes interesting for SaaS companies, they jump in and they make it possible for specific problems to be solved efficiently for the very first time. This is the ultimate blue ocean strategy. You have no meaningful competitors because everyone's new. You can experiment with whatever you want because there aren't any solved problems in that space just yet. And you can see the incredible impact of your solutions right away. I remember this pretty strongly from Feedback Panda, the software service business that I co-founded with my partner. We came into a space where no real SaaS businesses had been established yet to help these people. So we could pick whatever problem we would want to pick to solve 
because they were extremely underserved and everything we did immediately made a difference in the lives of the customers or potential customers that we had. It was very, very notable. And that is the impact that you can have at the beginning of the exploration of SaaS businesses into a new field. Processes that take weeks at a minimum are now solved within minutes. And outcomes that took the combined work of a dozen office workers can be finished by a single computer that doesn't even have to be located in the office. And this is the, high, the first high potential stage of SaaS businesses penetrating an industry. It sweeps through the field and it rewards the early adopters handsomely. They are the first to have substantial savings and process improvements. Stripe is a really good example of this. It was almost impossible to implement payments via credit card for solopreneurs and small business owners until Stripe showed up. I remember trying and failing to get even PayPal implemented a decade ago. Collecting money is hard and Stripe made it possible for the very first time for individuals to build a digital business with reliable payments. And Stripe built a SaaS that allowed for whole new businesses to be created. They made the impossible possible. But this is really just the start of SaaS penetration into an industry. After first enabling the efficient solution of problems that couldn't be solved before, a new wave of SaaS businesses appears. And instead of solving completely unsolved problems, those businesses tackle hard to solve, but already kind of solved issues. Think of tools that enable you to file your taxes digitally. You still have to look through all your receipts and your payslips to fill out all the numbers, but the tools allow you to do it faster and with a little bit less hassle. No more licking stamps. No need to print 20 pages full of zeros and mail it somewhere. It's all done with software at this point. And SaaS businesses of this stage make things bearable. They make it bearable to solve most problems in the space. So the first stage was make things possible. And now you're looking at making things bearable. And they also, these businesses start having more competition at this point. Very little genius is needed to transition a paper-based form to a web-based form. It just takes grit and tenacity to implement all the rules correctly and then build a product around that that people are willing to use. Um, but the consequence is interesting. People's budget for tax reporting tools is by far not as high as for groundbreaking tools, such as Stripe, for example. Pricing plays a much more prominent role in positioning for your product in this marketplace. And over time, this bearable that these software businesses provide gets optimized into easy. It becomes more and more important to make the solution to the problem more accessible and easily integrated into existing workflows. SaaS businesses at this stage, the third one after making things possible, then bearable, now easy, these businesses start integrating other solutions. They provide APIs for programmatic access and they diversify existing general solutions into niche subsections of the industry. Instead of solving taxes for everyone, they start solving taxes for freelancers. And instead of providing a file upload tool for everyone who needs to share files, some businesses start focusing on, for example, lawyers and their specific regulatory requirements or journalists and the privacy and secrecy needed for those kind of file uploads. This is the time of most diversification and specialization. Competition is getting fiercer. Price pressure causes businesses to entrench themselves into particular market segments. And creating a new SaaS has a decently high chance of fizzling out due to all of that. And this is also the time of lowest marginal value addition. I mean, obviously solving any problem that people have a budget to solve for is inherently valuable, but still it pales compared to what a completely new entrant into an underserved and unexplored field can do. 
making things possible for the first time has way more impact than making them 0.5% faster than the next best solution in the market. The automation potential shrinks with every new SaaS that gets started in a market that is saturated like this. If you don't change the underlying structure of a market, you can only optimize for an automated way a finite amount of problems. If you consider your circumstances to be unchangeable, you'll focus everything on squeezing the last little bit of performance out of existing approaches to solving these problems. And many founders start with this. They start toying with the idea of building their first businesses with this somewhat limited approach to solution scope. They believe that this is what will make them successful. They will improve on existing products marginally, they will capture a niche of a niche, and they will keep working on the product, adapting it to the needs of the market. And honestly, this is not a bad idea. It's very likely that this will result in a sustainable business. You employ more and more automation in your business to create extremely high margins with minimal workload by just pushing the boundaries a little bit. But this comes with a price. You're in the red ocean. And there's a ceiling to what can be made easier with automation. Because while you're figuring out the next micro-optimization, competitors are already circling you. You can only niche down so much before you enter unsustainable territory. And some things just can't be made much easier anymore. Because other founders had long time to play with different solutions and offer them to a market that increased their standards and expectations over time, the terrain will be known to people. And it's a race to the bottom. Prices deflate as competitive pressure pushes them down and constant micro-pivots are required to keep the business running because there's so much pressure, so much competition. The global economy can only sustain so many website uptime monitoring tools. There's a proliferation of these and new ones don't really have a chance. At some point, there is no breathing room anymore. No way to diver diversify enough anymore to offer something unique. But there is a way out of there. And we're seeing this happening in many industries right now. People don't want things to be easier. They want them done. The wave of SaaS businesses that reverses the downward utility trend focuses on something else than just making things much easier than they were ever before. They start doing these things for their customers. These SaaS businesses take over the entire task. They don't just use automation. They become the automation. And all of a sudden, utility shoots up again. Using a business like that isn't just like using a tool. It becomes an outsourced role of sorts. You grant them access to the raw data, and they don't just guide you towards the result. They make it happen for you. Becoming the done-for-you solution in your space means that you effectively flip the script. What was a push operation for your customers, push data into your business, becomes a much more convenient pull process. Instead of having to come to you, your customers can trust that you do their work for them and reach out to them when needed. It's an extra layer of convenience, and that comes with increased budget. It also comes with less competition. Most SaaS businesses stop at the make it easier stage. It's just so much more comfortable to work on one more feature than it is to re-envision the whole workflow of an industry. And I really love what Entcrawl has been doing here. They're a service that renders the end credits for TVs and movie productions. If you 
watched Nomadland or Blackest King, you've seen this sass in action if you watch through the credits. Initially, Endcall started out as a hand-rolled Google Sheet to video conversion script. It's a pretty interesting story, and that's all it was. But ever since then, it has matured into an industry-grade SaaS business that filmmakers love because it gives them a lot of control. But it didn't just stop there, making things very easy. Endcall is moving more and more into the done-for-you direction. They will import credits, they will install fonts and logos, and even negotiate and comply with delivery specifications, which is often a tedious task for filmmakers. But no more. Encol is set out to do it all. And honestly, that's hard to beat. The, the knowledge that this business has acquired will serve as an incredible moat against the competition. It's essentially reintroducing this concierge approach many years after starting with that, that one manually ran Perl script that powered their prototype. It's coming around, but this time, they have the might of automation behind it. And automation is not just a means to an end. It doesn't have to end there. It's also the end of something in itself, if we want it to be, as founders. The highest impact you can have on a business isn't solving its most critical problem. Don't get me wrong, there is high impact there, but it is not the highest. The most impactful tool that you can ever create obliterates the problem itself. If you want to strive to build the most high-impact business you could ever create in your life, aim to make whole problems disappear by making their causes obsolete. Zapier is one of those SaaS businesses for me. For any SaaS business, just integrating Zapier into your product immediately makes it interoperable with several thousands of other applications and platforms. That's effectively making the need to build your own integrations obsolete. And that is massively impactful. For a business customer ded dedicating significant resources, and that means a big budget to this integration, is a no-brainer. It's a fraction of the cost of maintaining custom integrations, and it even has the potential to remove whole positions in your business. If you don't need an integrations engineer, or a couple of them, a team even, this is saving you six figures a year. And if you're SaaS, if, like Zapier, is a no-brainer for your customer, well, then you're doing something right. So that's the, the most impactful thing you can do. And so here we have it, right? The SaaS market maturity paradox. The highest impact is at the beginning and at the end of any problem's timescale. In between, competition is fierce and marginal utility is low, but the impact and the potential to monetize are the strongest at the extremes. Automation doesn't just mean making things easier for you but moving the needle completely by taking over the work or removing the problem to begin with. So what does this mean for founders? Well, wherever you are with your own entrepreneurial efforts, consider shifting towards either completely new underserved markets or move through the progression towards the more rewarding done for you and obsolete stages. Or, or stay where you are, it's your business. Just understand that the limitations of your stage exist and consider if moving towards a higher impact stage can really be delayed forever if you really want to stay where you are because you probably shouldn't wait for too long, your comp competitors are not. Because it appears that customer budget is often very much correlated with impact potential. And the more you can help them solve or even get rid of their problem, the easier it will be to monetize those efforts. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Boots of Funder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You'll find my book, Zero to Sold, and The Embedded Entrepreneur, and my Twitter course, Find Your Following, 
on the blog as well. If you want to support me in the podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It makes a lot of difference. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.